Welcome to Mornings with Mike. Public Safety Today. Grab a coffee and sign up to receive your call-in information. Be a part of the show. For more information at any time, please visit www.tapsd.org. Now, let's get started with your host, Mike Pazesny. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this last segment of Public Safety Today. We're talking about crisis intervention strategies as they apply to hostage negotiations. And when we're talking about a crisis worker as a consultant, there's a lot of arguments by law enforcement personnel against uh, counseling personnel and mental health professionals being a part of a law enforcement situation. The first thing when it comes to hostage negotiations, hostage negotiations are law enforcement operations. And as law enforcement operations, they have to be dealt with in terms of immediate resolution of conflict. This isn't a therapy session. This is a hostage situation, and there are ethical and legal considerations in regard to using anybody in mental health as negotiators. So that ain't probably going to happen. Second, the use of mental health professionals supplants the use of a negotiating team approach particularly if decisive physical action needs to be taken to secure the scene. So don't expect for law enforcement to allow that to take place. Third, a mental health professional may not be nearly as capable as a person who has been trained to understand the hostage taker. Just because a person is a mental health professional does not mean that they understand the dynamics of a hostage situation and the security requirements and all the other things that go on to something which is quite that complex. So if you approach a law enforcement agency to be a contract or a consultant to crisis worker, um, don't be surprised if they say, well, you know, we need to find somebody who's more qualified because you might be an excellent substance abuse counselor, but that doesn't mean that you understand diddly about what happens during a hostage situation. Fourth, identification of the negotiator as a mental health professional may make hostage takers agitated because they may think that the authorities think that they're crazy. They're nuts. They're mentally deranged. And that could just aggravate the situation. So that's one of the worst things that can happen. And, um, you know, a lot of these things have, a lot of these folks have preconceived notions from watching movies and everything that, that they're going to get some uh, sergeant detective or some high level lieutenant so and so who's a hostage negotiator, that that's what they're going to get. And when they find out that what they're getting is a mental health professional, they may feel personally violated that they didn't get somebody who was uh, a power and control figure in their mind because that's what they're after. They're after being in charge of somebody that normally would be an intimidating figure to them. So those, those are some of the reasons why uh, a mental health professional may not be the best person to be selected as a negotiator. Uh, there are some things that the psychologist can do if they are chosen to be a consultant. Uh, one is to assess the mental state of the hostage taker, uh, as well as the negotiator, to make sure that there's, there's some pairing that's taking place there, which is uh, as symbiotic as it kind of needs to be. Number two, not become directly involved in the negotiations. They have to stay outside of the negotiations, remain as objective as possible, be able to provide assistance and support as it's required, but not start giving their two cents about what needs to be changed about the negotiation, just what it is that they're seeing. And then third, recommend techniques or approaches or response that will help the situation when they're asked for them. Have an alternative game plan maybe at their disposal 
probably picking up on what they see happening from a psychological perspective with the HT or with the hostages that are in place. So what do you do? What do you do if you're a hostage? Well, Frank Boltz, former chief hostage negotiator for the New York City Police Department, gave these things to do if you're being held hostage. Number one, don't be a hero. Accept the situation that you're in and just be prepared to wait it out because there are a lot of people who are involved who are having to take actions specific to your situation and, um, and, and who will know information that you don't know. This can be a challenge for people who are either already public safety employees or are human services workers who are all used to being in control and don't like being, in, being controlled by somebody else. But you know what? That's the situation that you're in. You just need to go with it. Number two, follow instructions. In the first few minutes after, after you're being taken hostage, it's very important for you to follow instructions. Any resistance or any hesitation you have in following directions is likely to indicate to the HTs that they have to show you that they're in command of the situation, and it may end up with you or somebody else being physically hurt. And we don't want that to happen. Number three, don't speak unless spoken to. Even though you may make good use of your verbal skills, when the perpetrator initiates a dialogue, uh, any attempts by you to take the lead in the conversation may result in the hostage taker feeling like they have now suffered a loss of control, and then they're going to exercise some form of control over you or over somebody else uh, so that they can feel like they have regained what it was that they lost. Number four, don't make suggestions. You know, don't try to be helpful to them. That may just antagonize them. Only the authorities who are trying to operate through the HT um, uh, environment have the power to solve their, the problem. So let them do their job. They know what they're doing. Let them do what they need to do. Uh, try, number five, try to rest and eat. And this may seem kind of ridiculous to say, but you need to conserve your energy. You don't know how long this is going to go on. You don't know how long the roller coaster is going to ride. This can be anxiety-producing and energy-draining, and you need to be fully alert, and you need to act in an appropriate manner when you are called to do so. So you need to have all of your psychic and physical energy available to you, and that means that you need to rest and you need to get some kind of nourishment. Number six, carefully weigh any escape options. Any attempt to escape needs to be considered very, very carefully against the chances of being caught and provoking harm not only to yourself but to other hostages who may be there. The odds could be very highly in your favor and then weighed against whether you have the wits and the physical capacity to be able to escape. And then what's going to happen once you do escape? Is your escape going to be worth the potential for injury uh, and harm to those who may be left behind? Number seven, request aid if needed. Once the initial takeover is complete and the situation is under that hostage taker's control, it may be appropriate for you to ask for some kind of assistance. Maybe you or somebody else who is there uh, needs medication. And you need to do this directly to the hostage taker. Don't try to go around the hostage taker, but very quietly and in a subordinate kind of way, Approach the hostage taker and let them know in a non-threatening way that this is something that this other individual needs. Uh, if you threaten them in some way, again, this is part of a power and control kind of environment. You don't want to threaten their ability to have power over things. Number eight, be observant. 
if you end up getting released for some reason and other people are still held hostage in there, uh, you, through that debriefing process, can be a source of fantastic information for the authorities so that they can do a better job in bringing this to a safe and successful conclusion. So if you can tell them how many how many perpetrators there are, what are their appearance, uh, do they have a certain kind of routine, tell them whatever it is that you can remember about different hostages that are all in there. Uh, being very observant and taking a lot of mental notes and mentally rehearsing the information you're going to give law enforcement if and when you're released can be critical to bring one of these situations to a rapid and successful close. Number nine, don't be argumentative. Argumentativeness is likely to make you stand out. It's going to focus attention on you. And if you are perceived by your captors as a threat and you're treated as a threat, well, then you might have some real problems. So philosophical and political, religious beliefs, any of those kinds of things, uh, just just meet those with simple agreement, validate whatever the HTs say, don't argue with them because it isn't worth it, they're not worth it. Uh, it's important for you to maintain yourself in as, in as safe uh, a way as you possibly can. Number 10, and this is probably one of the most difficult things, be patient. It may appear to you that nothing is happening whatsoever to relieve your situation, but there will be dozens and dozens of people out there, uh, outside of the perimeter, working behind the scenes to do everything that they possibly can to be able to rectify the pain that you're going through. So that remem remember that time is on the side of those authorities who have responded and you, and just be patient. Number 11, avoid standing out. Besides avoiding verbally standing out, Get rid of any identifying information that would would make you seem like you're a threat or an important important person or an object of hatred of some kind. Uh, you know, you just want yourself to be just a middle of the road person that is is of no special significance uh, to the hostage takers. Number twelve: Treat the captors with reverence and respect. One way of establishing the Stockholm syndrome is maintaining eye contact, not assuming a physically aggressive stance, speaking very politely when you're spoken to, uh, gently establishing a personal relationship with the hostage taker. No matter how bizarre or how ridiculous it may seem, uh, these hostage takers are operating out of an instrumental or expressive mode that makes sense to them at the time that they do these things. So if you are all it is between them and them getting a car to escape the bank, then by you um, establishing a rapport with them, you may be seen as what can be traded for the car that needs to go, and that can be what might save your life. If you are not seen as a threatening person or a member of a group that in their bizarre understanding of the world at the time that they're doing this is a threat, well, then that can be what it is that helps you to be able to walk out of that situation. So treat them with respect, and you're likely to be able to, uh, to get some modicum of that returned back to you. Uh, number 13, don't slight the seriousness of the situation by attempting to inject humor into it. Uh, if you make humorous remarks about the dilemma, little smart aleck off-the-cuff kind of comments and things, uh, that is going to just aggravate the hostage taker because uh, it's going to show them that you're not taking the situation very seriously. And if you're not taking the situation seriously, then you're undermining the amount of power that they're trying to get out of the situation to begin with, which means 
especially if they suffer from paranoid schizophrenia or a mental health condition, that they're not being taken seriously and that they need to do something to, to make sure that they reverse that. And that may draw uh, attention to you that you don't want. So don't slight the seriousness of the situation by injecting any kind of humor into what's going on. Uh, number 14, be careful of trickery. Uh, do not attempt to gain an advantage over the hostage takers by resorting to kind of, some kind of tricks or subterfuge. If the captors find out that you're attempting to deceive them, then they may punish you and make an example out of you to the other hostages so that those other hostages don't do the same thing. So just comply with whatever it is that they want you to do, but don't try to trick them. Uh, number 15, do not embarrass your captors. Most HTs do not have the mental capacity or the verbal abilities of you as a trained professional. And by engaging in one-upmanship with them to try to prove to them how intelligent you are and how well-educated you are and everything else, you may embarrass your hostage takers, your captors, make them feel foolish, which then undermines their feeling that they are exercising power and control over you, which then tells them that they need to cut you down to size. And that may cause them to focus on you uh, for injury or something much worse. And last but not least, when the rescue comes, follow the rescuer's directions exactly as you are told. When the rescuers go in there to take those uh, captors out in the event that they have to do that, they're going to be screaming commands as they walk in the door, and they're not going to know who the captors are or who the hostages are. They're going to make an assumption that everybody in there is a captor. So you stay flat on the ground with your hands and your arms covering your head, letting the rescuers know that you're not a threat to them, that you have no weapons on you at the time. Uh, there's going to be a lot of noise and confusion. There may be flashbangs that have gone off. There may be non-lethal munitions that may have been used. Uh, all of these things are, are purposefully designed by the rescuers to elicit a certain amount of response off the people who are in there. Do not stand up and run toward the rescuers thinking that, you know, they're going to save me and, and get me out of here because that may be exactly the wrong thing to do. That may put you in harm's way. So get on the floor, cover your head with your hands, uh, make it obvious that your hands are empty, and stay in place. If, for some heaven forbid reason, uh, the initial wave of law enforcement personnel who go in there to rescue you uh, are not successful, the fact that you laid there and did not get involved in the situation when you have then been recaptured by those hostage takers will probably help you to continue to live um, even though they will again be in a heightened state of anxiety. That may happen in some of our more terrible terrorist kinds of situations. So mentally prepare yourself for phase two uh, and hope that it just doesn't happen. All right, so to summarize all the things that we've talked about during this session here of hostage negotiations, um, when, when we have access to the media as we do, there are a variety of grievances that hostage takers can air through the media in order to um, take care of things that have been troubling them, whether they be mental health cases or not. And because of this, hostage taking has increased a lot 
since the 70s when we really started to notice hostage taking as being a method that some people had chosen to be able to fix things that were wrong with their lives. A lot of publicity surrounds terrorist, uh, I'm sorry, uh, terrorist hostage takings. But the, the interventionist, the human services worker, the public safety employee, is more likely to become involved with a variety of hostage taker types that don't have anything to do with worldwide political agendas. Hostage taking is a crisis-oriented problem. It's unlike other crisis situations that are law enforcement operations, and hostage taking is one that deals more closely with the victimizer than with the victim. Hostage takers come in a variety of different types, and understanding the type of hostage negotiator is dealing with is of critical importance because subsequent negotiating strategies differ by the type of HT that the person is dealing with. All HTs are usually engaged either in instrumental or expressive behavior or some combination of the two. Instrumental hostage takers are after a very clear and concrete goal, while expressive hostage takers are pursuing power and control. Hostage taking then goes through a basically linear stage of alarm, crisis, accommodation, and resolution, those being the four stages. A variety of negotiating techniques are available. Those techniques range from active listening and responding skills that most other crisis interventionists would use on a very normal basis to some that are very sophisticated and somewhat devious methods that are used by law enforcement personnel. In all hostage situations, though, time is on the side of the negotiators. Therefore, it's imperative that negotiators proceed slowly and with patience. For hostages, it's clear that keeping a low profile and staying psychologically and physically alert are the best moves that you can make in the early stages of the crisis situation. If the situation becomes extended, then hostages can attempt in a very careful way to convey different personal aspects of their lives to the captors, generate the Stockholm Syndrome, and then utilize that to your advantage. Becoming a person rather than a bargaining chip in the eyes of those HTs makes it more difficult for them to dehumanize you to the point that you can be killed or injured. Resolution for you then does not necessarily occur when the perpetrators are taken into custody and the hostages are freed. There may be post-traumatic stress associated with a crisis that you need to seek extended psychological intervention for. And I'm rapidly running out of time. I appreciate you being here for the show. To all of our public safety employees out there, hey, we love you. We appreciate you. Please stay safe, everybody. See you next time. So long. Hope you enjoyed today's training presentation with your host, Mike Pazesny. Please visit www.tapsd.org, America's best source for online public safety training. Thank you for being America's peacekeeper. Visit www.tapsd.org for more information on how to subscribe or enroll and learn how you can build a career today.